0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman.
1: Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Tuesday morning. Here we are, everybody, on Valentine's Day. Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner. nice to see your smiling faces. I'm sure big plans for Valentine's Day. Yeah, of course.
2: Casey, what are your plans for Valentine's Day? Um, so my fiance
0: is actually cooking us dinner. Mm. It's kind of a little bit of a reversal, but I'm going to treat her something really nice before Very dinner. Nice. And, Very
1: nice. Um, you know, know what you're having? You have the menu planned out, that kind of thing? Steak. Nice. Ooh, I just I
0: just built the grill yesterday. I got a grill for Christmas and I finally had a nice day outside. I had free time. I put it all together. Um, yeah, it's all ready to go now and I'm going to cook some grills or cook some steaks on the
2: grill and, um, there we go. Have some salad and some cheesecake.
0: There Love you go.
1: Great there you go. Pauly, how about you?
2: Creighton and Providence play tonight. So we got a huge date ahead of us.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: <laughs> Let's go, Tom.
1: I'm sure she's thrilled about that. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask, if you would, please subscribe to the program. You can also find us streaming on Facebook. That's on the Chatterbox Sports page. Just flip the notification switch on if you would. And if you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. We're going to be talking about it today with Tim McGee. Lots of people still talking about the Super Bowl. There's no doubt it was exciting. And a lot of the drama was taken out of a potential thrilling finish after that holding penalty, but it was fun to watch. And by the way, did you see how many people watched? Numbers came out yesterday. 113 million people. That makes it the third highest rated television show ever ever and by the way the top 2 rated tv shows of all time also super bowls number 1 the 2015 game between new england and seattle drew 114 million followed closely by the 2017 super bowl between new england and atlanta this year's game was slightly ahead of last year's game between the bengal's and the Rams. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Of the top 100 highest rated TV shows in the United States last year. 82 of the 100 were college or pro football games. College Hoops, a couple of the big ones in the Big 12. They're all big in the Big 12. Every night it seems like. <laughs> Texas Tech chops down number 6, Texas. 74-67. Number 9, Baylor continuing to roll, beating up West Virginia in Waco, 79-67. And number 15, Miami beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill, 80-72. Tonight in the MAC, Miami plays at Toledo. Buffalo is in A-Town to take on the Ohio University. And baseball officially begins today. Pitchers and catchers report for the Reds out in Goodyear, Arizona, with the first workout starting tomorrow. The full squad reports... That's this coming Monday, and the games will begin on the 25th. All right, boys, we got Tim McGee coming up at 10.30. We got the Tracer who is back, Tracy Jones, best 30 minutes in television, coming up at 11.30. I know you guys uh, hung out with Reed here the last number of days who did a phenomenal job sitting in uh, here on Off the Bench. What were your thoughts of the Super Bowl and the victorious Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'll go first, just so
0: that we can get the ridiculousness out of the way. Um, ridiculousness, okay. Yeah, yeah I guess Big that's word what... word right out
1: of the game. That's multiple that's what syllables.
0: The, that is what the uh, audience of our show has, um, you know, I think that's what they would dub my take, and I think that's what Reed would say as well. It's just ridiculous. But I really didn't think that this was a, a standout game for Patrick Mahomes and more just about the team the chiefs in general and one at I thought the game proved my point that Patrick Mahomes is kind of lucky they they got a a really crazy random fumble for scoop and score um like let's just I I don't know how to even put that in words there's no there's no uh skill involved in that just was luck that hurts fumbled the ball and then, you know, they, they're they down 14-24, which at that point the Eagles were driving down the field. If you take away that touchdown, it's 7 to maybe 21 or not 21. It would be 7 to – what's 24 plus 7? I don't know. That would be 31. 31. We'll do uh, math whole, in public. No, no math in public. No public math show. around this show. A nope. whole different ball game, though. A whole different ball game. Did you
1: just use the word luck describing the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, would you not consider that fumble lucky? For a scoop well, I mean, and score. I mean, it's part of football. I mean, you know, is every fumble lucky? Is every interception lucky? Well, it's not like he got stripped. It wasn't like there was any skill
0: involved. The guy was scrambling, and the field was terrible, so he stumbles a little bit, and then the ball comes out without any without anyone touching him. So I feel like that's kind of lucky. Um, Well,
1: I mean, the Bengals had that with Mahomes, right? That happened in the AFC championship game where he just fumbled the snap. Were the Bengals lucky? I don't know about that. (laughs) But
0: regardless, the rest of the game, I thought the Eagles dominated on offense. Um, Their defense was heavily, heavily overestimated. Um, They just could not stop Mahomes. uh, They couldn't get any pressure on him. Um, he had all day to throw, and when he didn't have all day to throw, they were running the ball down their throw. That front seven looked miserable, and um, the Eagles' defense was just – they just couldn't do anything to stop him. And the two touchdowns, I mean, they – at the second half were just too easy. I mean, Mahomes had to do nothing except run the play and then throw like a five-yard Flat route and or an out route or whatever you want to call it and he just
2: let it out. Case you know
0: it just Mahomes didn't have to do hardly anything. He was set up on the five yard line. the The red zone touchdowns were too easy. I mean, the only thing and I said this on the show yesterday. There's only two things he did that were significant to that ball game you talk uh, about he,
1: Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. The winner now of two Super Bowls in the last three years. And, That's the and, he. Yeah, and apparently or an MVP. the last four, forgive me.
0: And apparently an MVP of the Super Bowl, which I would, I would rather actually give it to Kadarius Tony. He kind of went under the radar on this one. But regardless, he had two plays, which is the first touchdown to Travis Kelsey. That was a really nice back shoulder throw um, for Travis Kelsey in the end zone. And then the 25 yard run
1: pretty impressive, scramble, pretty, impressive. pretty impressive bum, bum ankle for, come
0: for, on for someone that has a bum ankle yeah that's really impressive he's out running guys wow that really must be hurting
1: Just i cannot really be believe hurting. the way you chop down patrick mahomes i mean this cat I, is 27 years old he's won two super bowls i asked paul today let me ask you live casey okay And we'll ask uh, all of you in the chat right now, okay? Now, don't look it up. Let's just have a little fun here, okay? We know that Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls, right? Yes. Most of all time. We know that Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw are tied for the second most all time with four. Then you have Troy Aikman with three, Yeah. okay? How many can you name? So we're giving you Patrick Mahomes. That's a layup. Okay. There are eight others that have won two Super Bowls. Just two. Yeah. Just
0: two. Yeah. I mean, I can How think. How
1: many can you name?
0: Eli Manning. Okay. That's one. Um, I got four.
3: Peyton Manning. Yep. There's, there's two. two.
0: Um, hmm.
2: Local guy. I did not. I thought he only. I did not get this one. A local
1: guy went to college right up the went road to college right up the road 20 minutes from here oh um
2: what age what what just retired last just year. retired
1: last year Come oh on big man yeah. big there band. you go all um, right there you go now the other one two three four five you got to go back a little ways
2: i only got one of these um current Cur- owner current right? owner oh yeah
0: la there we go on la, LA um is there any other the other one
1: has a cincinnati serious cincinnati connection grew up in cincinnati purcell marion high school um naval academy hmm. what team The dallas cowboys oh is
0: it i mean it's not Aikman, so it's star Starbuck. Starbuck. yeah yeah
1: roger Starbuck. and then last one and then you have jim pluckett with the raiders yeah you have bob greasy with the Dolphins, and you have Bart Starr with the Green Bay Packers. So, the question becomes—well, wait, wait. Let's back up. We'll stop. Paul, your thoughts. Was it a lucky Super Bowl win for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Uh, I mean, I I shared a lot of my thoughts yesterday. I did not think it was—I didn't think it was lucky. What I was disappointed in was how the game ended. And I said this yesterday. I was was talking about it during the game that I felt like it was one of the better Super Bowls. We've been lucky to have—okay, say lucky— we have been fortunate to have a lot of very good Super Bowls over the last decade. If you think back to the Patriots where they came back 28-3, to you think back to the, the Patriots and the Seahawks game was a, a good game. There have been some very good Super Bowls um, just kind of as a neutral observer of the last decade or so. But I thought this one might have been the best Super Bowl of our lifetime, or at least of my lifetime, that I could remember of just being not caring who won – just watching the game, scoring in the mid-30s, and then it just got yanked out from under you with that holding call at the very end again. I just It's a shame that it ended the way it did. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if one team necessarily deserved to win the game. Like a lot of times you say in that narrative, oh, so-and-so deserved to win the game, but they didn't win it. So th- another team made the plays. I don't even think that was the case. I think this was just a back-and-forth game, and it was a shame that the field came into play too. Between the officiating at the end and then the field, the guys slipping, it felt like the pass rush on both sides had trouble just getting their footing, um, which is a point I made yesterday. We were talking about whether, you know, would the Bengals have won this game? Look at what happened at Buffalo when some of those guys had trouble with their footing in the in the Bills' pass rush in the snow. So, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was a great game.
1: Um, just
2: kind of a bummer the way it ended.
1: You know, it's interesting when you talk about the field, I was thinking about this, and I said this watching the game on uh, Sunday. NFL is in a little bit of a dilemma here. You've got the Players Association that clearly wants to get rid of this, this particular brand of turf, fake turf, because they say it's really bad for the players, right? Leading to injuries, all this kind of thing, okay? but then you start experimenting around with in a place like Arizona, where the weather is spectacular. It's not as spectacular as everybody thinks it is in Arizona in the winter. Uh, I lived there for 14 years. You get a lot of sunshine, uh, but you get a lot of 50 degree days and that kind of stuff. You know, now last week was just incredible. Okay, incredible. Every day, 70, 72, 75. But then yesterday, when we're getting on the plane to come back, it's raining, and it's it's 50. So you get a lot of those days, and they're saying that that is a big reason why, because of the winter they've had out there this year, a little more rain than normal, that you know this this experimentation with the grass, and and for those of you you've seen it before, you know the, in Arizona uh, they they the, the, the field the playing field sits on a rail system, and so they move the field outside the stadium so it can get sunshine and all that kind of thing. And then right before the game, a couple days before the game, they'll, you know, roll it back in there. Uh, but this year, they're, they're fooling around with the turf. It clearly had an impact on the game. I'm not saying that it had anything to do with one, one team winning and the other team losing. They both played on the same field, so it was even for everybody. But you don't want to see in the biggest, on the biggest stage, in the biggest game in sports, in the United States of America, being the Super Bowl. You don't want to see field conditions having anything to do with the play, the style of play, the effectiveness of play, hindering the style of play. You don't want to see any of that kind of thing. So that's number one. They're gonna have to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. They, the league, because you have players so against some of this artificial turf that's out there. Not the old days of the AstroTurf, but the stuff they're using now in a lot of places. So that's number one. Number two, did did anybody with Philadelphia watch the AFC Championship game on punting the ball? (laughs) I mean, you know, look, I give the coaches all the credit in the world. I know I couldn't do it. It's above my pay scale. I'm not smart enough to be in any of those rooms, okay? But I do know this. From having been around it. These guys, and if you even read the story of Kansas City, I mean, you talk about, did you read some of the the detailed stuff that they did for their players leading up to this game? They had dress rehearsals of America the Beautiful, the National Anthem, the uh, every single pregame activity imaginable. They walked through every single second of what it was going to be like because they had so many new players on the Chiefs team that had never played in a Super Bowl. Longer halftime show, the amount of time you're on the field and have to be there uh, compared to a normal Sunday. I mean, it was one of the most unbelievable things I have ever read the way Andy Reid and his staff had this team prepared for every single thing con- imaginable that they were going to deal with before a game that they have never experienced before, most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. The only reason I bring this up is because you would think with all of the thousands and or hundreds of hours they're putting in over the last two weeks to get ready for this game, that with three or four minutes left in the game and Philadelphia is forced to punt, the two biggest plays in the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl were when they punted to Tony and he ran the big run back to set up the game-winning score. I mean, I you know, look, I'd love to get uh, Darren Simmons on here one day. Good guy, knows what he's doing, whole nine yards. But I'd love to just ask him, You know, and we asked Brian Billick about it. And he said, a lot of times, you know, there's miscommunication. You're telling your coverage team, we're going to punt to this sideline. We send everybody there. Now, in Tony's case, it was over near the sideline. He shifted direction, had the big run back the other way. But why are you even taking the chance of letting the guy return the ball? Right? Right. I mean, you mean to tell me that a punter can't kick the ball out of bounds? 40 yards, 45 yards, hell, 35 yards down the field. Kick it out of bounds. Don't let the guy have the chance to run it back. That return set up the game-winning score. What was that, a 65-yard return?
2: In
0: both games, Yeah, It's the longest punt return in Super Bowl
1: history. Right. I I just, I mean, for the life of me, it's one of those, the forest for the trees kind of thing. Well, you're sitting there going, this game is not too fast it's not too big it's not too you know above everybody on the sideline they are qualified they know what they're doing they're good at their jobs they're great at their jobs they're coaching in the national football league but i for the life of me i just cannot understand why you would ever 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 take the chance i'd rather patrick mahomes which he's capable of doing he's done it a thousand times already I'd rather see him march his team down the field and beat me that way than taking over inside the 5 or 10-yard line, whatever it is. And that's what happened. Yeah.
0: um, I will say the the Bengals case was more of just a talent issue. I don't know if it was necessarily an awareness issue. Um, We had issues with punting all season long. But if I can remember correctly – I'm pretty sure someone on the Fox broadcast said that the Eagles they need to really worry about something it would be their special teams and it would be the punter and lo and behold the punter makes a a big error yep. uh, uh, just you know you can't can't do that you can't do that against uh, Kadarius Kato- Tony so I mean yeah, I mean, uh, that now I think after this, the people will probably start kicking it out of bounds if Tony's on the field. But, yeah, it was um, that was the big play. I thought the other big play, besides the fumble, um, and the thing that ruined the game for most was just the penalty. Um, but other than that, I thought the game was great. Yep. I don't know. I thought a lot of people have dubbed this one of the better Super Bowls in recent memory. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I yeah. know I know that it had all the makings of a great one. It had a good comeback, lots of scoring, um, lots of different types of touchdowns, deep throws, short ones, running the ball, quarterback power, all that sort of thing. Um, it was a great, great Super Bowl. Um, and regardless of how I felt about the game um, – it still stands that you know it was one of the highest viewed, one of the best yep. Super Bowls.
1: Did you wear green watching that game?
0: I actually wore my Joe Burrow jersey. That's true fan right there. I was I was uh, rooting for
1: Joe. How about Patrick Mahomes' dad?
2: What about what about? Did him? you
1: see the interview with him after the game? Uh, Pat Mahomes, senior, what former major league pitcher, lighting up the. Cigar, Cigar and he brought up Joe Burrow again. Man, they, they just can't. We'll let him out it go. We'll let it go. Still hot though.
2: Think uh, Chiefs and Bengals play on Thursday night to open the season?
1: I think that'd be the I think that'd be a great call. I saw where uh, ESPN today and there are others that you know have put out their way too early power rankings and all that kind of thing and some of uh, you know the the big casinos have come out on the odds for the Super Bowl champ next year. Bengals in most of those that I've seen anyway. Uh, rank in the top three, four, five, right there, right? You got Kansas City, you got Philly, uh, you got San Francisco, you got the Bengals in Buffalo. Dallas on the outside looking in.
2: San Francisco's always going to just be right there. Always.
1: Well, they have a big decision to make on what they're going to do with quarterback. I mean, you got Purdy coming all the way back, right? From the elbow. I mean, and guys come back from that. I mean, if he were smart, he'd have Tim Kremchek do that thing right here in Cincinnati. I mean, him and James Andrews are the two best guys on the planet. That's who I would have do mine if I were coming back from Tommy John, without a doubt. Kremchek right down the road at Beacon. He's considered in baseball circles uh, the best at getting it done, but I'm sure they'll have somebody out in San Francisco do it. Um, And then they got Trey Lance coming back. But we're not here to talk about the 49ers because nobody cares about the 49ers. Uh, Before we get to Tim McGee, Paul, what happened to your Xavier Musketeers over the weekend? Oh, it just... I mean, my son's sitting there telling me, my mother-in-law, we were out visiting her in Arizona over the weekend. uh, Which, by the way, Everett, among others, want to know... How was the uh, waste management? Open it was uh, unbelievable. Well, let's talk about that after Tim McGee. We will, and we, I got some video that I'll send to you, Casey, and we can pop it up. Yeah, um,
2: T- Tim. Tim's going to be uh, Tim's going to be on here in about four or five minutes. So okay. we we, we got to spend longer than four or five minutes on the. I will right, well, tell
1: me but, about though, the Xavier Musketeer.
2: Oh, it was just a stinker. It was a disaster. I Butler, in my mind, is the second worst team in the Big East behind or ahead of Georgetown, and that was a, just a disaster on the road. To your point, Tom. Tough to win on the road in college basketball. It and, is, and you know what's what's funny is I. So I run a a Monday night myself and Rick Roaring who's on the show on Friday. We run a a uh, kind of it's a Twitter space for anybody that list that knows Twitter spaces. Uh, we want, we run one of those on Monday nights, and we had somebody from Butler on last night. I did not realize how big of a rivalry Butler treats Xavier. They chant Xavier sucks at every game, not just when they play Xavier. Wow. I had no appreciation because I was at the game and I heard him chant. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they just, you know, insert opponent here and they just know how to do that. No, it's every game. So it was it was a fun experience. I go to that game every year. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy being at those away games and stuff. And,
1: uh, I've always wanted to go. I, I still have not been to Henkel.
2: It's good. I mean, a lot of people have strong opinions about it, one way or the other. Some people say it's a dump. Some people say it's got a lot of history. If you like the movie Hoosiers, then you probably appreciate it. If you don't care, then you probably just think it's an old building. I don't really have an opinion, one way or the other. If you sit up in the bleachers, it is kind of rough because I mean, there's no backs and you're just sitting there with it's crammed in with a million other people. But uh, yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a it's a cool Indiana venue, but I don't really have any. Love for it one way or the other. But, yeah, it was a stinker of a game, and now Creighton's got the inside track of the Big East. Huge game tonight, Creighton and Providence in the Big East. And that's
1: how you're spending your uh, Valentine's
2: Day. Absolutely. Well, what other way would you want to spend your Valentine's Day? Creighton and Providence, that's top of the list.
1: Well, we're going to talk to the tracer about that because I think if there was ever a guy, you know, there, there are a lot of theories out there, conspiracy theorists. None of you are any of those, right? Uh, you know, that, that, that basically Hallmark and the card companies – came up with this idea of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Are you a believer in that theory?
2: Well, yeah, but sometimes you got you to gotta lean into it, right?
1: Well, you better lean into it. Yeah. Um, however, um, uh, watching uh, Providence and who? Creighton, baby. Creighton tonight. I'm not quite sure that's exactly leaning into it. Might be leaning into something, but I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but anyway, the Tracer, I'm sure, will have some thoughts for both of you. I'm sure he will. And, 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 you know, knowing Tracer, he might be on Paul's side on this deal. Watching a college hoops game, hanging out.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what Paul really loves. He loves watching basketball. That's That's what I'm saying.
1: By the way, is this grill of yours, is this charcoal, or is this gas? It's gas. It is. Okay. You got it hooked up to a gas line, or you just have a propane tank? Propane tank. Okay. All right. So this will be the christening of that. Yes. This will be the first time. First use.
0: So excited. Tom, before we get to Tim McGee, I want to just circle back a little bit back to the Super Bowl. Yes. I just have one question for you. Yes. If the Bengals played the Eagles, would they have won that Super Bowl?
1: You know what? I don't know. I, I, I just, you know, I, again, you get into all the things that we talk about leading up to these games. And clearly the biggest storyline, maybe even more so than it was in this one, because of the Bengals situation, who would have been back on the offensive line? I don't know. We don't know. We're never going to know. I don't know if, you know, Williams would have been back. uh, Kappel would have been back. No clue. Uh, If neither one or one of the two were back, um, it would have been the huge story about the Eagles pass rush versus the Bengals wounded offensive line, Right. Right. Okay. Well, it just goes to show you, and we're going to talk with Tim McGee about this. We're going to talk about this with Jay Morrison come Thursday. Um, You know, and we were talking about it off the air. The Bengals have huge decisions to make on what they're going to do with this offensive line. Because if there is ever Exhibit A, you just talked about a little while ago, Patrick Mahomes had all day to throw against a a Philadelphia defense that led the planet in sacks this year, 70. They had four guys with 10 or more sacks. And I mean, they did not sniff Mahomes. And it just goes to show you, you know, you can have all the big stars at the skill positions, and Lord knows no one has more of them than the Bengals have right now. And all the talk about Burroughs' contract and Chase's contract and Higgins' contract. But you know what? I mean, the Chiefs proved, you know, Tyreek Hill walks out the door. A lot of their money going to Mahomes. A lot of their money going to Kelsey. uh, But a ton of cash going into that offensive line. I don't know how the Bengals, to answer your question, I don't know how they, would they have fared better against that Philly front? They wouldn't have fared better. Do I think that Joe Burrow would have gone the entire game with what we saw from that offensive line in the championship game against Kansas City? I think he'd have been sacked half a dozen times. They weren't very good. They played one good game in Buffalo with all the new guys. They did a great job in Buffalo. Weather was bad. Paul alluded to it earlier. Snow on the ground. I mean, that is Exhibit A on how you build a championship team around a championship-caliber quarterback. So for all the people out there that are fawning all over, and rightfully so, and I saw where Solomon Wilcox came out uh, on his podcast over the weekend and talked about, you know, the Bengals need to sign Burrow, Chase, and Higgins and keep those guys together. I think there are plenty of Smith-Schuster's Kadarius, Tonys. I think there are a lot of those guys out there that play receiver, that you got to bite the bullet on one of those guys being gone, Higgins or Chase, if you have to do it. And I don't know that they have to do it but, it, but if you're forced to make the decision of going out and getting Orlando Brown to come in here and play left tackle, as opposed to keeping one of those two wide receivers or letting one of them walk, I'm letting one of them walk.
2: Well, Reed, we we made this point yesterday on the show. Everett brought up a point in the, uh, in the chat. Is Did the Chiefs lay out the blueprint that you just go all in and have the most dominant offensive line in the league and you have one really good, high-quality target? And that's, that's the formula for success. And you just stack the offensive line. And if you can get two supremely talented tackles, do you, do you let your wide receivers besides Chase, do you just build around Chase? and say he's our guy
1: well it's kind of like the chiefs they build around kelsey well that that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying so yeah. when
2: it comes down to higgins and boyd and everybody talks about how good they are and the best wide receiving crew in the the best wide receiver room in the league do you let them go and then you just build the offensive line and you follow what the chiefs did it's a copycat league
1: well, yeah. there's no doubt about that. I and mean, look, Steve Ross brings up a good point. No team can withstand the loss of three starting offensive linemen. You are spot on, Steve. That was bad luck for the Bengals. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you, I mean, great point, Paul Everett. Uh, offensive line, man. Offensive line. And look at the way they ran the ball when they yeah. did run it. Epic Pacheco, by the way. Yeah. I mean... There's, there's another thing. You know, you talk about what the Bengals are going to do with Mixon or Piran or wherever it might be. Um, man, to have a guy like that, how does a guy like that last to the seventh round of the NFL draft? When you watch that dude run, he's so fast. He's so powerful. He plays with incredible passion and fire. I mean, and Mixon has all those things, passion and fire. He's been a good teammate for a long, long time. But I mean, it wasn't like this guy was like, you know, playing it at, at, uh, in the whack, I mean, he played in the big 10, played at Rutgers. So there were a lot of people that had a chance to lay eyeballs on this dude. Even if you were going to scout Ohio state, play Rutgers, right. Right. And you're watching 12 Ohio state guys. Well, there, there's a chance this cat might stand out. Um, you know, are you are going to watch Michigan or Penn state or somebody else? Which by the way, speaking of the Big Ten, our thoughts and prayers, as a parent, you can't imagine, well, you can imagine a lot of things. Um, Sending your son or daughter uh, off to college and what happened at Michigan State in um, East Lansing last night. Um, So sad. And uh, our thoughts and prayers to all those. And those parents who send your kids to college and you think it's some safe place and, and that happens. Um, you know, somebody else brings up the fact that, and, and this was an interesting article uh, written last week, and, and I want to ask him about this, um, is that, you know, about how the, the, the play calling and, and, and more, uh, more accurate, the play scheming of Eric, the Andy Reed, these guys, you know, it, it seems like every time you turn around, their receivers are wide open, right? And, and, and how many times did we see this year the Bengals when you've got Boyd, Higgins, Chase, and two of the three don't catch a pass in the first two quarters of a game or catch one the last two minutes, right? Right. For nine yards. And yet every time you turn around, there was a great article written in um, The Athletic about, and, and the, the, the title of the article is, Why is Jason Kelsey, Jason, Travis Kelsey, so wide open all the time because it doesn't seem like that that every time he catches a ball there's in somebody within seven or eight yards of that dude right
2: yeah that's what it felt like in the super bowl felt like every time patrick mahomes was throwing downfield he was throwing to a wide open travis kelsey at least in the first half yeah i mean that it's
0: all about scheme it's all about play calling um one day when we when we have time or maybe i'll do it myself I'm going to do a full breakdown of dependent and independent positions on a team. What's, what's, what would you consider a dependent position? Your receivers, running backs. Those are guys that depend on a quarterback, an offensive line, a coach, and the coaches, quarterback, offensive line. Those are all independent positions. They play to their, their skill level. And if they play well enough, the other dependent positions thrive. The Chiefs figured that out, and they have got a team. And let, let, let's, talk, let's talk about this for just a second. They've gotten to the championship game five times in a row, the Super Bowl three times in a row in just a span of five years. And it's all based on those principles. Play calling, quarterback play, offensive line. And those play are the, scheming. And play scheming. Everything else is just extra. It's just a little cherry on top. And it does help that they've got a you know, a Hall of Fame tight end, but I, I won't be surprised if when Travis Kelsey does decide to walk away that they're still not super effective. As long as they have Andy Reid and they've got Patrick Mahomes, I think those two together are going to be on top of the league for a very long time.
1: It's hard to understand uh what the deal is with Eric Bynemy in regard to getting a head coaching job and I know there's some out there that, that that certainly would say uh his race has something to do with that. Um and and that's a whole different topic for another time. Um but there is something that clearly is not what someone's looking for. And I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to try to take the race part out of it for a second here. Uh I just sit there and I look at, okay, Philadelphia's offensive coordinator, right? Just named the head coach of the uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, today. Will be introduced later this afternoon. Their defensive coordinator uh, is in the final two. They're going to meet again today, uh, along with Lou Ranarumo. Those are the two finalists for the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals. But with all of the openings and the vacancies that, that have been out there, and I'm talking about the last... Excuse me, two, three years. Something is there with Eric Bieniemy that just doesn't make sense. Smart. Been around a Super Bowl-winning team now twice as the offensive coordinator. I don't know if people are saying that's more Andy Reid than Eric Bieniemy. I'm not in that meeting room. I don't know. Um, we're never going to know because you're not going to have players come out and say, oh, it's all Andy Reid or it's all Eric Bieniemy," because they don't want to take a shot at the other guy. Um, but, man, it's just hard to figure how in the world Eric Bieniemy is not uh, getting uh, – uh, not even down to the final. I mean, when this Super Bowl ended, he, you know, he's going out and interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs somewhere else. Washington, right?
2: Yeah. What? Right. I, th- there's, there has been a part of me that wonders if Bienemy enemy is sticking around in Kansas city for whenever Andy Reed retires.
1: Well, there, there's probably that, uh, that that's, that's a legitimate point. Although, you know, you heard Andy Reed after the game. I mean, like sometimes I, I don't know what, what what's he going to do? Well, sometimes you he's have not going anywhere. I,
2: I have no idea. And this Bienemy enemy story has been going on for so long about where he's going to go and what team he's going to take over someday. Maybe, maybe there's just a part of him that's happy with Andy Reid. He likes his job. He's got a great setup in Kansas yep. City. He knows he could be the heir apparent whenever Andy Reid wants to retire. Yeah, Andy's only sixty-four
0: years old. I mean, you're looking at guys that are still coaching, like Pete Carroll, seventy-one. Belichick is seventy. So we might still have this guy for as long as I could. I can see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together throughout their entire careers the rest of their careers and then not letting them split up yeah i can see that happening but but maybe bianami just
2: may, i have no idea maybe he's not maybe he is pissed off that he hasn't gotten another job and then that's all another conversation but maybe he's just
1: content Well, which begs the question, I mean, you know what? I've always admired guys who who have that mindset, who say to themselves, okay, wait a minute, stop and think about it for a second. Outside of maybe the money, and I don't know, okay, outside of maybe the money, um, that's not even a lateral move going from offensive coordinator in Kansas City to Washington, right? Yeah, no. Right. I mean, they don't have a quarterback there at least if you stay in Kansas City, all right. if you're not being interviewed for any other head coaching jobs, if you're talking about just remaining an offensive coordinator, and maybe Eric Bieniemy feels like he needs to get out of that Andy Reid shadow and be able to be his quote-unquote own man, if you will, because there are always people that are going to lump him in with Andy Reid, right? So maybe that's what he's thinking. I don't know. But it just seems to me that... Then unless Eric enemy were to go to Buffalo or to come to Cincinnati uh, as an offensive coordinator or go to the Chargers, where you have a quarterback that has a chance to go out there, Philadelphia, right? Has a chance to go out there and win you a Super Bowl and show off all your skills as a schemer and a play caller and all those other kinds of things. Why would you leave, to your point, Paul, Kansas City? Why would you leave? I'm gonna throw it to the Hammond Eggers before we get Tim McGee okay gentlemen
2: take it away. let's go. All right Casey Paul let's talk about uh, let's talk about a couple of things here We've been talking a lot about the Bengals here We have been talking a lot about the Bengals Fire it up there on the screen Casey. We've been talking about the Bengals and the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and
0: productivity.
2: Productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And also right here, have it in front of us, Pawnee Water, P-A-H-H-N-I. It is a new premium alkaline water, and it is right here for all of you i don't know is it in did, did we hear about their about their deal we have not yet got a uh, uh an answer from tom on that on deal, the udf so. deal okay uh made in hamilton ohio Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use the result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world visit their website at ponnywater.com that is p-a-h-h-n-i water.com p-a-h-h-n-i water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water bet with Fred, get your coffee from udf drink Pawnee water go to encore.tech and stay tuned for not too picky later today also not too picky with reed mouse coming up as soon as this show is over uh, we will be doing college basketball today, and then we'll have Mike Schmaltz on Thursday. Box lunch will be back tomorrow. Um, yeah, we got, a we, we got, we got a lineup here and then we have, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, we have, I'm trying to think we have hopefully Tim McGee today, Tracy Jones at 1130. And then we have, um, Jay Morrison is on Thursday. Tracy Jones will be back on Thursday. And that's, that's our setup for the week. I haven't talked too much about tomorrow yet. What tomorrow looks like. So, um, NASCAR picks for Daytona will be coming on Thursday. I promise you mouse cop Daytona Thursday, 12 PM. You will get all of your Daytona wants and needs. It will be there. Mike is ready for you. Mouse cop. I'm speaking directly to the camera. Mike Schmaltz ready Daytona. I've already prepped them on it. Um, I think that's about it. No Tim McGee yet, Tom, just so you know. And the one thing I will actually just
0: promote for, for a second, we post a, a whole slate of picks pretty much every day of the week on Not Too Picky on Twitter. Yep. You guys should go follow that. We've been doing pretty well. Um, we've,
2: been, we've been doing well. We've been doing well. So please follow that. Join us. The Discord, too. We haven't put the Discord link up in a while, so I can uh, post that. I um, have not put the Discord link Discord. In, the, in the chat. Yeah Discord. yeah, Discord. Let me put that in the chat. There we go. Um,
1: all right, well. I sent Tim a text. I don't know. I'm waiting to hear back. He told me last night that he was good. Okay.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else from the Super Bowl. We covered – oh, Tom. Halftime show? What'd you think? People, all the people wanted your thoughts.
1: Well, l- let me back up. What I did not know, did you know this, that you, did you know the NFL has never paid a halftime entertainment a single penny? I did know that. And they incur all the cost, whoever it is. But I mean, think of the eyeballs, right? $113 million I mean, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, right, you're not going to get those kind of eyeballs on anything you do. Not as a, an actor, an actress, entertainer. So, you know, you get asked to do it. Um, to begin with, Rihanna is a complete hypocrite, okay? She went on television uh, three years ago during the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, said she would never watch a game again and would never perform at halftime she turned it down in 2019 turned it down in support of Colin Kaepernick she's entitled to that that's what she believes god bless her okay but now here she shows up now three years later four years later whatever it is okay so that's number one and all of us are hypocrites from time to time so it's not to sit here and make a judgment that we aren't and we know we are um but I just got to thinking to myself and look, I know that a lot. I mean, my son was going crazy. He thought it was awesome. He's like, these are just the classics. And of course, every generation has their feelings on what the classics and the great ones are. And I knew a number of those songs just because of uh, my kids growing up and listening to her a little bit. The, st- the, the whole setting was unbelievable, right? I mean, with the, you know, things. I'd be scared to Platforms and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It was really cool. But I mean there was no like, you know, I mean you know the past years whether they've had and I'm showing my age here. But I mean when, when they've had uh U2 or um, or or the Rolling Stones or they've had Springsteen or they've had, you know, some of these guys the, the, the place Maroon 5 where they've got it going on. They got it happening. They got it jumping. They got it there was none of that going on for this Thanks, Thanks for having my point. That's so funny. Am I right? You guys feel differently? I'm, that's how I felt. I mean, was there anything that had people wanting to get up and really get, you know, start moving around and all that? I didn't think so. And I believe me, I'm a music guy. And I like all kinds of different music. But I mean, come on, Paul. I suppose you were probably dancing in in, in your uh, den or whatever it might be. Uh, I
2: did. I did enjoy it a lot. I, I did think she played all the hits. I I did enjoy it. Um, it's funny. It's just funny because yesterday we were talking about it on the show with Reed, and I was saying how I don't like when the bands perform. And Casey goes, "No, I love the bands." And so now, here we go.
1: And for somebody here, I did not suggest for a second that that Maroon 5 is better than Rihanna. I have no idea. I mean, it's all in your taste buds, right? Right? But they had more people bouncing around a little bit because that's just more their style of music, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know. All right. I mean. Just just needed a thought.
0: There's a difference between liking their music, listening to it in your earbuds while you're walking down the street, and then watching the halftime show. That's all I'm trying to say. I like Rihanna's music. Don't get me wrong.
1: I mean, didn't she pretty much? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think my son said this to me. She pretty much stuck to one album that's like four years old, right? Well, by she, and large.
2: No. Well, she was also pregnant, so I'm wondering how much she had to change the show for mobility. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I can appreciate, everybody can appreciate
2: that. You know, like, she is very much a performer. No doubt. And that did feel like a tamed down performance. So I'm wondering if when she realized she was pregnant that she had to say, hey, well, hold on, let's scale it back here a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was reading this will be her second child in a year. Yeah, because that was- A little little more than a year. Yeah. She had a baby, I think, last May. I think I read. Last
2: May. Yeah. So, yeah, because everybody was saying, again, that quick. So,
1: I mean, she looks great. You yep. know, I mean yep. she looks great. She's a big time entertainer, no doubt about that. Um
2: Who, who's your who's your halftime pick next year? We did this yesterday, so we need yours. Who's your halftime pick? I'd have to next think
1: year? about that a little bit. You're throwing me on the spot on this team. I am throwing uh, you on the spot. I'd have to think about it a little bit. You know? I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bring it back to I'm gonna bring it back to somebody a little more old school.
2: Mm.
1: I'm gonna bring it back. I might have one more go since, you know, they're on the verge. They're up in their uh, almost 80s now. I might have one more go at it with the Rolling Stones.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that
1: one. But, I mean, you got to have Mick and Keith Richards and the boys. One more whack at it. <laughs> Ronnie Wood, come on. Now, you talk about music that would get that place jumping. They'd have it going on.
2: Let's get Hootie and the Blowfish up there.
1: Hey, nothing wrong with those guys. They played at the uh, Elder Pit, (laughs) right? They did. Yeah, somebody says the Ohio Players. They got some big league songs, the Ohio Players. Metallica says purchasing GSS. Uh, All right. eh. All right. Well, I don't know. They'll, (laughs) um, yeah, Sir Wonder says I want the Ohio Players. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They'd have a few people. Oh, God, Post Malone. Don't even get me started. Oh, my God. Not a big posty guy, oh Tom? Oh, God. Come on. Oh. Come on. Seriously. Um,
2: jolly Jolly with the Foo Fighters. That would be a good one. Foo jolly fighter. Jolly. How's, how was the he Super He was in Bowl? one of those commercials. Yeah. How Who?
1: One of the guys from the Foo Fighters.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh. Really? The, the, the big didn't...
1: name guy. He's the, the big guy. Come on. So help me out here, Jolly Jolly. I
2: didn't see, I didn't see the commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What about Garth Brooks? Oh, I said Garth yesterday. Well, I mean, what's was, wrong with Garth Brooks? I nothing. What's Absolutely. wrong with Luke Bryan?
2: I like Luke Bryan. All right.
0: They what's ne-
1: wrong with those two guys?
2: They would never get a country guy. And how yeah,
1: good was Stapleton on the national? Did you see, by the way, the timing on. Did you guys talk about this yesterday?
2: We didn't talk about it, but I did see it, yeah. 202.
1: And it was two oh one what nine nine nine.
2: Yeah. By a tenth of a second or whatever. Went under. Yeah. What was Luke's pick on that? On what? The time of the national anthem. He did.
1: I don't know. Did he I give don't give a know. pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave Grohl. That's who it was. Right. That's who it was. Dave. He's in one of the big commercials.
2: Dave Grohl grew up uh, five minutes from my house back in Virginia. Really? Yeah.
1: Interesting, dude. Um. Well, now the player formerly known as Mouse Cop says, as a Luke Bryan fan, no way in heck should he ever get the chance for the Super Bowl. Why? Why? I
0: think he's probably worried that it mars his reputation. I, that would be my guess.
1: How would that mar his reputation? Because the Super Bowl, Luke Bryan?
0: Because now it's more of a performance, and there's like a, a big, like, I don't know. like Every Super Bowl since I can remember, there's been like platforms and a lot of moving around. Yeah, he's not dancing. like the big theatrical guy. Okay, yeah, country singers enough. aren't big theatrical guys. Okay. They just sing.
1: Well, Garth's a big. Thing. I mean, Garth's moving Garth around. He's a got, got a lot happening. Yeah. Garth's pretty good show. I mean, he's a big leaguer. He he would be uh, he would be good. Dua Lipa,
2: get her out there. Who? Dua Lipa? Oh no, Tom! No, you're gonna break Reed's heart. Who?
1: Dua Lipa?
2: Oh boy, here we go. Teaching Tom, you're about to learn on the fly, Tom. Dua Lipa. You're in for a treat.
1: <laughs> well, I see her picture here. She's a blonde in one picture. She is a, a brunette in another. Um, a British Albanian singer and songwriter. Disco pop. Is it that boom, tch, boom, tch, boom, tch, the crap I heard in Arizona all weekend?
2: You were clubbing this weekend, Tom? No, but I'm
1: telling you, that Waste Management Open...
2: All right, let's talk about it.
1: I mean to tell you, okay, so um, we go out Thursday and uh, Jim Nance talked a little bit about out in Arizona, they, they, they have uh, these men's groups and, and they started years ago, primarily charitable organizations that do a lot of different work for different charities all over the valley, uh, but they have sort of morphed into through the years Um, they're the ones that put on spring training. So like the Hohokums, which is an old Indian name, Indian tribe out there, they run the Cubs spring training out in Mesa. And the Hohokums are based out of Mesa. There's another group out of Scottsdale, Phoenix, called the Thunderbirds. They are the ones that put on the Phoenix Open. Okay, back when it used to be a Phoenix Country Club. Then they moved up to TPC Scottsdale These guys literally are staying in hotels, even even though they live right down the road. They're staying in hotels the entire week. They're working from five o'clock in the morning until 1230 at night, and then doing it all again the next day. And these are regular professionals, lawyers, doctors, accountants, whatever they may be. Very successful guys. Um, So a good friend of mine um, is uh, a member of the Thunderbirds. So um, he got us passes And and I'll send you some video here that we'll put on uh, after another commercial break of the 16th hole, the most famous hole, right? Most raucous hole in all of golf. It is a it's an enclosed stadium. And I mean, completely enclosed, a long oval, more along the lines of I'm not even going to call it a horseshoe because there's no open end. You saw it on television. I mean, it's one of the most unbelievable things you've ever seen. The revenue from the 16th hole alone. Okay, this buddy of mine was sharing with me, and he was a chairman of this tournament five years ago, the last time they had uh, the same weekend, the Waste Management Open, along with the Super Bowl in Phoenix. Five years ago, the revenue from that tournament, five years ago, was $50 million. The 16th hole alone, for this year's Waste Management Open. Just the revenue from the 16th hole. Because they have three levels of skyboxes that go from behind all the way down the sides, all the way wrapping around at the end, where the green is. The revenue for the 16th hole alone this year was $51 million. One hole. We're sitting there, and I mean... You just can't believe it. We're sitting there on the ground level in this guy's, the, the Thunderbirds little box they had down there. And it's no more than, I mean, it's half the size of the studio. And they're all right next to each other. They're were you piled. behind the
2: green or behind the tee we box? We were right
1: or? next to the tee box. I'll show you. I got some video of, of, of McElroy teeing off right in front of us. Um, and um, so all of a sudden my, 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 my son says, hey, dad, take a look to your right. I turn to my right. Mike Vrabel, Buckeye Vrabel, stand there hanging out. Look over to my left. Devin Booker, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Gonzalez. Right behind the T box sits Dave Portnoy. You gotta see this. You gotta see the uh, the uh, security around that dude. Dave Portnoy. But I mean, everywhere you turned around at that 16th hole, it was somebody who was bigger and bigger and bigger than the next one. It was mind-boggling. All those people out for the Super Bowl, coming to the golf tournament, saw big leaguer Jim Nance walking around. Did
2: you talk to him at all?
1: No, didn't I mean, get close enough to talk to him.
0: I mean, are you kidding? The big leaguer like Tom? Ex-professional, that they would be. They should be coming to him. <laughs>
1: Ex-professional, I think, was your um, was your uh, quote, Casey. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Somebody says Kenny Chesney. No, I went and saw him last summer. Total dud.
2: You know, w- total at, at dud. Did you see him at Riverbend?
1: No, we saw him in Columbus.
2: Oh, because I saw him at Riverbend. I thought he was a dud, too, and I no. was looking forward
1: to it. Uh, I was really excited about it. Yeah. Total dud.
2: Yeah. Uh... So, so you were behind the T box on what, Saturday?
1: Saturday was there pretty much all day long on 16. Hanging out right there. Um, Friday was on 18, right where, you clo- right where they finish up. Um, and, and I'll send video here in a minute. We can put some of that stuff up. Uh, it's just, it's it, you just, you just can't believe it. And it's unlike any other tournament in the world. I mean, there is music going on. The, the, the people watching, the, the outfits. I mean, it's like the, 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 there's this the, there's the regular guy out there who lives in Phoenix, who's a golf fan, who's in his 30s or 40s or 50s or 70s walking around and checking everything out, watching golf and then there's the night there's like a nightclub crowd i just can't believe you you have to you have to see it to believe it the way this 16th hole is set up because 15 um it's a par five and and if you're on the back side on the outside of the 16th you know sort of you know rounded off stadium like thing you can watch these golfers come up everything's quiet just like at a normal golf tournament. And then all of a sudden they walk off the 15th green and they walk into this tunnel. And I got a great picture of Luke um, standing there and you'll see the signage above it. The, the most exciting hole in golf. And it's like you're walking into an arena to walk in to 16. And the second these guys come walking out and everybody can see who's coming in now, in fairness, and this is what we talked about with Paul Doherty last week. You know, I got to tell you, outside of, I mean, you guys fill in the blank. You know, with the live guys not being there, and nobody was more popular out there than Phil Mickelson. Arizona State guy, lived there. Fans love him. He loves the fans, you know. Uh, I can only imagine what it would be like if he came walking through that door or Tiger Woods came walking through that door or D. DeChambeau comes through that door, right? Right? Now, I gotta tell you, you know, Jason Day seems like a good dude, lives up in Columbus, right? Married a girl from up there, lives there, good dude. Scott Scheffler, awesome guy, phenomenal player, best player in the world, no juice. Nothing, nothing. I don't see it. J- Jordan Spieth, good player, no juice. That sport is missing protagonist antagonist. They're missing it. You got to have that to be successful. You got to have the protagonist, and you got to have the antagonist. And golf does not have an antagonist. At least those right now, they are all playing on the Live Tour. Takes away from the sport.
2: Yeah, I uh, I watched on. Gotta be honest, I did watch on Saturday, Tom. Just I watched for about I don't know a little while because I I was trying to see. I'll be honest, I was trying to see if I could find you in the crowd because I knew you were there and I knew you were sitting in a box and I was I kept looking and they kept trying to they kept turning the camera angle around, but then I realized I didn't know at what point in the hole you were. There. I'm not that much of a big. Leader. You were there were seventeen thousand people around that hole. I uh, I don't know what to make of the state of golf. I'm just not a, a big enough – like, I enjoy watching it on Sundays, but I don't sit there on Thursday afternoons and turn on – Right. Like, I'm not going to watch the Genesis Open until Sunday at 1 o'clock, right? 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Like, that – then we'll turn on golf. But uh, I, I just I, – I don't know how much I think about the the state of golf – Because everybody, really, it's a one-player sport right now with Tiger. And now look, hold on. Before people get on me for how well Scotty's been playing, Jordan Spieth's been playing, Rory's been putting the PGA Tour on his back with everybody going to live. Look, I I understand it. I get it. I follow it. Um, But as far as, like, the juice, you don't get anything like what you get with Tiger. And Tiger's washed up. So... Now golf has to restructure itself and find another one. And now in the last couple of years, they've been trying to do it's, it's like a it's like a restructuring. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. They're just they have these players like Scotty. How many times in a row did Scotty win last year? And he wins the Masters. Hasn't won since. I uh, I like golf, and I think you know, I'm trying to think a guy. Now
1: Rom's got a little juice to him.
2: Rom does. Yeah, and, and he's and, an uh, Arizona State guy. And um, yeah, somebody in the chat will help me out. I uh. Everett, yes, Max Homa. This is exactly who I was thinking of. Max Homa, great personality, great with the media, does a fantastic interview. When Max talks, I listen. I think he's awesome. Um, I I listen to tons of interviews that Max does. I think he's he's great for the sport. I don't think golf's necessarily in a bad spot. I think they're just – I think the culture's just shifting. I think you're going from – I think you're going from a sport where Tiger dominated the sport for – two decades and now you're just you're getting these new fresh faces in i don't think it's necessarily in a bad spot it's just different that's all change is good
1: casey i'm sending you some of this video
2: yep i'm sending it to myself right
0: now
1: all right john daly gosh i thought i had a better uh oh yeah i got one here of 18 that you got to see as well this is pretty cool
2: okay 18 Were you there? Wait, what did you do? Did you go to the Super Bowl? No. Okay.
1: No, definitely not. I didn't think so. Cannot afford that. That's big league cashola that they're looking for the Super Bowl. They said the tickets were coming down, though, the day before the game. Hmm. And the weather was unbelievable. You know, it's really weird. Uh, And I lived in Arizona, as I said, for a long time. My son and I were talking about this, how when you live out there, uh, whether they're in the mountain time zone. So half the year in Arizona doesn't change time right? Yeah. Um, so half the year, they're three hours behind us. The other half of the year, including right now, they're two hours behind us. So here, you know, Super Bowl is starting at six thirty, seven 7 o'clock. There, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. By the time a game's over, you feel like you can go like kind of still do something at night if you want to. You know, it's over by 7.30, quarter to eight. You go out to dinner after that. Same thing during the NFL season. When the games were starting, at four here, they're starting at one there. So, you know, the game started 10 o'clock in the morning. So it's, it's um, there's pros and cons to both. If you're a college basketball fan like Luke, I mean, there's nothing better. Yeah. Right? Those 10P games on here, you know, they're starting at eight there. Yeah. So like he had on the, uh, what was the big upset? Arizona, I think, lost this weekend. To didn't Stanford, they? yeah. Yeah, that, they had a game on in, in, in the, my mother-in-law's house. Yeah. And um, anyway, who, who else here? Uh, Baltimore. What Todd, are they doing?
2: Todd Monkin got hired. He's a Georgia guy, so that's why uh, Trace was talking about it. Offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Todd right? Yep. Okay.
1: I don't know what happened to Tim. I hope he's all right. He's normally very dependable here. Uh, and we got the Tracer coming up in about um, 25 minutes. But when we get a chance. We'll put up some of this video. Tiger, by the way, is playing this week.
2: Yeah, he's back. Genesis Open. He
1: should have come back for.
2: Could you imagine what a Phoenix would have yeah. should have
1: come back for that? That would have been big time having him back. Uh, yes, Everett wants to know if Marty's going to be on tomorrow. So Everett, uh, get ready. We'll have to ask him a few questions from you about um, Dumbledore door all right what else we got here today boys we want to talk about
2: was there well was that it from your trip was there anything else any there other was nothing
1: else uh, big no no okay. it was a great trip I uh, got to see family my wife is born and raised uh, out there and so her dad lives out there got to see him her mom's out there got to see her so it was very much a family oriented trip
0: Well, there is one thing that we could talk about. It's going back to the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, Have you listened to this clip at all,
1: Tom? Let's hear it. All right, so you're, uh, you're centered on what part of that? The part where he said
0: to Chris Jones, this is um, the, the uh, NFL owner, Goodell, and he says, I don't care how you hit the quarterback to Chris Jones. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I, I think that is centered on, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that is centered on that, that, that story that leaked out that the league was going to consider eliminating that tackle from behind, which is how um, uh, Mahomes injured his ankle to start with. And Chris Jones, among many, many other players in the NFL, came out and said, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, you're chasing a guy from behind you you lunge forward to wrap him up around the waist and because you fall on top of him he turns his ankle or twists his knee or whatever it might be and people are like that's never gonna happen never gonna happen i think that's what he meant did you take it differently
0: i mean i i did because i mean you just can't say that to any player because it can be taken out of context, which it might be taken out of context, but when you say you don't care how you hit a quarterback, like he doesn't care if you just cream him. He doesn't care if you hit him with the head. He doesn't care if you drop your body weight, whatever the, the case is. He doesn't care. You could spin the his words, and it's just a really bad look, if you ask me. He just won the Super Bowl. He's all buddy-buddy. He's being lifted up in the air with Chris Jones, and he's celebrating with him. Like, he's a fan when he's supposed to be the most neutral, unbiased person in the league. And then he says, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. I don't know. It's just a really bad look, in my opinion. But I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on it,
2: if any. Yeah, I just – it's an avoidable bad look is how I kind of look at it. It's an avoidable thing for Goodell where you could just – You could stay away from it, and for all the criticism that Goodell endures forever, and a lot of it, very deserved. This is one of those things where you just got to know that the cameras are always on you, and I wouldn't read too much into it. In depth, it's just on the surface level. It looks bad, and don't
1: you think he's just? I mean, don't you think at the end of the day he's just a fan, and he always gets booed and all that kind of stuff, and he's having a moment with a player, I, and jacking around. I mean,
2: no, see, I I agree with that. The point is, the public doesn't see it that way, and
1: well, I think the public only sees it depending on how the media portrays it, and talking heads talk. It's like the, it's like the Bradshaw line to Andy Reid and the word choice and waddle on over here. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Are we living in a place? Well, the answer is yes. Are we living in a time where we're going to all of a sudden make a big deal? It's Terry Bradshaw. The guy's half crazy, admittedly so. Andy Reid jokes about his weight all the time i've been in meetings with him when he talks about it i mean are we really at a point where every single thing that the bradshaw thing i couldn't believe the gingers out there getting all worked up about that tired i mean seriously
2: yeah no i yeah. i mean he's having he
1: knows andy reed very very well and he knows that Andy Reid is probably totally okay with that kind of... that. That's just two guys that have been around each other for a long, long time. There was no ill intent. Bradshaw even said himself, I'm a big, heavy guy. I'm waddling around. I mean, good Lord. Huh? there's some stuff to make a big deal about, but golly day. I mean man i mean if we had a camera filming every single person every single thing they do um it would be a world that um no one would ever want to be around or ever want to live in
0: all right we got the pictures here uh, yeah i'm still trying to get two other videos oh but tim mcgee
1: got- just uh, sent he, he he had someone try to break into his house so oh we're uh we're he's we get it that's that's Wow. OK. Um, hope he's all right. I'm assuming he is. Uh, but every single person would be fired or at least they would be portrayed as being some evil spirited, mean person out there. Uh, no, I mean, nine times out of 10, that stuff is all just joking around. And that's all it was with Terry Bradshaw the other day with Andy Reid and those people who made fun of or got worked up about that they have got to get a life seriously oh yeah it makes me crazy um <laughs> we're shooting down ufo's
2: it's been a wild week in that
1: oh boy no kidding
2: I did see a story that they said that the, uh, the UFO that they shot down or the, the thing that they said that came from China, that they shot that down and then the government or not the government, whoever it is, um, whoever it is that the, 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 the military's radar system, they expanded it to pick up other like low speed, low flying objects. And now they're just finding all these things.
1: Shoot them all down,
2: shoot them all down,
1: come into our airspace, shoot them down. Sir Boy Wonder says, no time for snowflakes.
2: Man, this is a high-level operation you got going on here, Tom. What's that? Hot damn. What's this, that? These videos you sent.
1: I know. It's big league.
2: Hey, it's, this is bigger than big league.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you, we got them ready to go? I'm, I'm getting the last two videos. Okay.
2: Not even all the big league guys get into this. My goodness. You're living the life
1: believe me these could have been shot by anybody outside of the 16th hole where we were in a pretty sweet place um but you know one of those tiny little i was asking my buddy i said how much is the smallest what's the least expensive skybox and they're not boxes they're just you know a, a little rail in between you got maybe 25 tickets maybe in there it's not anything huge Uh, And then there's the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Three decks all the way down, all the way around.
0: Okay, I've got. All
1: right, this is uh, this one you're about to see. This is where we are sitting on 16. We're basically to the left of the tee box, and this is looking straight down towards the green. So this is like this little stadium I was talking about. This is one hole that's crazy and there's my bride and our son lukey just hanging out okay so there's one of them that gives you an idea And here's uh,
0: another i right, think look this
1: at is um, we got stuck behind a cacti here i believe this is rory mcelroy teeing off so the guys come up the second they hit the ball right If you land on the green, they'll cheer for you. If your ball hits the green and rolls off the green, you get booed out of the stadium. (laughs) It's unbelievable to hear the boo. So that was Rory McIlroy's group. Uh, This is what I was talking about. Okay, it's our son Luke. Welcome to the loudest hole on earth. So you walk off the 15th green, and this is what you're, that opening at the end of the tunnel down there, is where you walk out onto that scene. It's pretty cool, right? It's like being in the tunnel at, you know, Ohio State or Michigan or somewhere like that when you're running out on the field, but no fights like Michigan. Okay, this next one is 18, okay? This is a skybox, and this is looking down, they're coming towards you, and this is a finishing hole At number 18. How about that setup? Wow. And then this is the outside of 16. So that's the 15th green right there where that tower is. And then when you're walking into that mini stadium, three decks worth on the number 16. That's pretty sweet pretty sweet saw it once sir boy wonder Tom Brennan greater than Jeff Bezos Bezos yeah um god that's awesome though Tom yeah it's a it's really cool it really is an amazing experience if you're a big uh golf fan then um you know if, if that's your thing uh then go uh then, then then go check it out sometime
2: have you ever played that course
1: yeah long time ago you know, my, my buddy said it best. He said uh, they start setting up. I asked him. I said, "So when do they start setting up all that 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 sixteenth hole?" He said they start in September, and they are right up against it to finish it by the second weekend of February. They tear it all down. It'll all be gone in a month. And and he said it best. He said. It's really one of the most boring golf courses to play in the world. It's flat. There's nothing to it. There are a lot of other incredible golf courses. And it's a nice place. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the, the whole setup there, the, the hotel and, and, um, and all that kind of thing. And they make it nice because they have the, the big high-end resort hotel there, the Princess, it's called. Uh, but they also have right there on the grounds, they have a Holiday Inn. You know, I mean, it's a nice-looking holiday. It's a beautiful holiday, but it's a holiday yet. So, I mean, if you went out there in the summer, you could go play that. Now, it's the summer, and it's Phoenix, and it's 105 degrees. But if you want to go out there and play that course in June, you could play that course for 80 bucks.
2: Yeah, I was out there in July, and they had the course closed the week I was out there. But I was out there, and I was going to try and play it, and it was – yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like maybe 100 bucks after tax. Yeah, if even
1: that. I mean, yeah. if you're going out at uh, twilight, you know, you're going out at uh 6, 6:30 and believe me, it it's still 105, 110 at 6:30. 6, oh, it's miserably hot. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, but you'll get a twilight rate, a lot of those some of the nicest courses in the United States. You'll be able to go out and play, you know, 9 or 15, whatever you can get in for 40 bucks, 35 bucks. I mean, that's just the nature of the quote-unquote beast because I was there for fourteen summers,
2: and, but then they put that stadium up, and you try and get, you try and get out there in like November, three hundred bucks. Yeah, three twenty five, three fifty, middle of the day, kind of a tea time. Yeah, they'll jack it up.
1: Jolly Jolly wants to know how many beers did you slam? I didn't go to the Bird's Nest. That's the big concert they have every night. So every night of the week, you've got the tournament during the day. And you can buy a ticket, even if you don't go to the golf. You can buy a ticket to what's called the Bird's Nest. It's a big concert. So, like one night it was Jason Aldean, and another night it was you know somebody you would know, you know somebody like that.
2: Chain smokers.
1: They they were the last night. Yep. Chain smokers. Yes. Um, and so um, I did not go to the Bird's Nest this year. Machine Gun Kelly was there.
2: Fresh off his breakup with Megan Fox. Oof. Big news. Ooh.
1: Um, no, but Machine Gun, my buddy told me, he said, you know, because he has to go. Again, one of these Thunderbirds, and he was telling me, he said, you know, I've got to go to the thing at night. He said, I was really excited about uh, Jason Aldean. He said, there was somebody else. He said, now Machine Gun Kelly, he said, I wouldn't know that guy if, if in a room of two he walked in the room. He said, don't know any of his music? Don't know anything about the guy. Besides Megan Fox. Yeah. He says, had to go to the event, and he said it was unbelievable. So the guy's quite the entertainer. Right?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: And then Chainsmokers, I didn't get a chance to see him on Sunday um, because he was racing off. Jim, Jim Nance was doing a uh, like a little Q&A with the Thunderbirds and thanking them for all their work and the tournament and so on and so forth. So I didn't get to see my buddy on uh, Sunday. We only went out there for a little while. Machine Gun Kelly. You know him, Casey? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. You listen to him. Is he like a DJ or is he like a singer?
2: Oh, he's a, yeah, he's a performer. He's a rapper.
1: Rapper? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: It's Casey's style.
0: (laughs) Not really, but I can listen to some Wild Boy.
2: Mm. I bet you can't, Casey.
1: Lots of folks chiming in. Uh, Big nope on Machine Gun Kelly. Eric says he's a diva. Is that true or false?
2: Oh, MGK? Yeah, I I don't know, Tom. I don't follow him all that closely. You can't tell. They
1: say he's pop punk now. Now, I might like that cuz I used to love punk rock.
2: You a big Blink-182 guy?
1: Uh, uh no, but I used to like I used to like a lot of the punk rock bands back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. All right, uh let's take a break. All right. Ham and Eggers uh, take it away, and we've got uh, The Tracer coming up shortly.
3: All right. Jets. Thank you. President, take it away. It's that time of the show, the ham and daggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments.
0: Well, the one thing that I want to talk about, um, since we don't do this very often, but the one thing I really got to talk about is how badly like i'm on a six day losing streak i've been red for six days in a row almost seven in gambling sports betting yeah
2: i uh i mean i talked about this yesterday i am responsibly retired from sports betting for the foreseeable future now that is not to say that i am going to uh, give picks or or do anything like that now i know i always say i don't like giving picks that uh, I don't bet on, but I'm also doing a gambling show, so I can't just stop doing that. Um, but I mean I the car payments and everything else, we we gotta we gotta scale things back from the winnings we had in the month of January.
0: Well I bet so on our slate, I've been very hot on props. I'm, you have I'm, I'm, and you I'm, hit last night. I hit last night again. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself like I'm betting those, but I'm betting all this other crap. I'm like, what why don't I just why don't I just focus on the props, and just put all my money on props, and I bet you I'd do a lot better, do a whole lot better.
2: The NBA hasn't been treating you kindly, Casey. Well, I add in some,
0: add in some of the, the not-too-picky stuff, and I add in a lot of, like –
2: You're saying that we're giving losers.
0: No, no, no. So what I'm saying is I, I just am too, too spread out. Whereas I could just focus on one or two things. Your
2: portfolio portfolio is too diverse. Yeah, I need okay.
0: to need to get it more. Shooting with a shotgun, not a sniper. Yeah, I need to be more like a sniper.
2: Okay. Yeah, I uh, I'm kind of in the same way. Problem is, my my record really hasn't been all that bad. Like of the games of what I'm doing, it's my the games that I've been more confident in that I've gone bigger on a unit size have have done me in. So yeah, that's the tough part is yeah unit unit size man yeah it's tough you can yeah <laughs> that's right, Casey <laughs> that's right uh you want to run a commercial here Casey yeah we'll run a quick we'll run a quick run and we'll come back with Tracy. <laughs> We have Tracy Jones in here, and it has been a long time since we have talked to our good friend Tracy Jones, Tom.
1: Yeah, we've been worried about the old boy.
2: Got a lot to catch up on.
1: Been worried about him. Yeah. And I mean, I can't think of a better guy to. Um... Here we are on Valentine's Day, Tracer.
3: Uh, well, we let are. me Happy just start Valentine's off.
1: Valentine's Day to you. Are you doing all right today? First of all, let's start. Uh, I'm doing all, okay? all right. What the hell is the matter with you people? You vacation like the French.
3: You guys are always on vacation at Chatterbox. (laughs) It started with Casey and Paul's got a vacation and now you're doing it, Tom. Come on, can we work? Let let, let me write this down, write this down. You got a pen?
1: Uh, No, but I'll I'll put it in my phone. Go ahead. 90, I always say
3: 90% of success is just showing up. That's what I say. Now you understand that? Got it. So we have to we have to grind it out every single day. Okay. Not take vacations, and let's make sure this thing works. Okay. So can we do that, Casey? You agree with that, or you just got another vacation planned? Uh, no, no vacations planned. Uh, all I
0: have planned is my wedding coming up in June, and a honeymoon shortly after. But that's it. That's about it what are you guys
1: doing for valentine's day well that's where we were going tracer i want you to hear the difference between these two young men basically in the same generation basically and let's start with casey casey who is getting married in june tonight you are doing so tonight
0: um my fiance is going to be cooking us dinner a steak dinner and I'm going to be uh, setting the stage, setting the mood, I'm going to uh, be getting her a few gifts and some flowers, and we're going to just enjoy each other and have a really nice dinner.
1: Any thoughts on that, Tracer? Him setting the I mood. Think that's,
3: yeah, I think that's a horrible date night. I think that's no <laughs> thought whatsoever. Listen, if you're going to go to a restaurant, I mean, you want to pull some wool tonight, take her to Walt's Hitching Post. I was there on Saturday, had the best dinner. I actually went by myself. I'm so comfortable in my own skin that I can go to the top restaurant in Cincinnati, in the Tri-State, and sit there by myself and had a wonderful dinner. That's where Danae and I are going. We're going to Walt's Hitch and Postal. You don't want to stay home, right? Tom, are you staying home?
1: Uh, I am, we've just been out of town and our son's got lots of catching up to do at school. We had him out of school for a few days to go out and visit his grandparents in Arizona. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be on the home front. Um, but Casey, you know, you left that part out about you setting the mood, whatever that means. What, what, what does that mean?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm in charge, I'm in charge of getting the, the house, the appropriate mood and setting ambiance. i mean, it can't just yeah the ambiance i can't just leave it the way it is right now that's okay
1: all right so that's your valentine's day night with your bride-to-be uh-huh. yep. then there is paul paul would you care to share with tracy what you're doing on Valentine's? yeah day i mean <laughs> the,
2: tracy there's a massive big east match of providence and creighton tonight so oh, you know exactly where <laughs>
3: i'm gonna be yeah well here's the difference with paul (laughs) that relationship is not gonna work right because he's going to the taylor swift concert he's gonna he's gonna pick up get some girls numbers and i gotta ask you paul your wife lizzie right her cousin is cutting your hair right her cousin (laughs) yes her cousin okay well here's the problem with that who's led around by a a dog
1: most of the time i might add
3: yeah yeah, she's doing such a bad job. She wants you to look like a pinky blinders guy, like Tom says, so you don't pick up any girls. That's the problem. Do you understand? She's setting you up. With that haircut, like I say, no wool for you tonight.
2: No, certainly not. Well, not during Creighton and Providence, you know I'll tell what, You know what?
1: That's a really interesting point Tracy made about – I did bring up the pinky blinders thing, but, but it's yeah. very <laughs> interesting when you take that the next step that her cousin – is the one responsible for your hairstyle yeah right i mean did they confer with one another on this thing before you yes, guys cut? They do
2: oh it's all a setup it's all a setup that's okay <laughs> i like it i'm in on it i'm in on the deal i know what i'm getting myself into
1: all uh, right so shit. you're gonna be watching big east basketball she's on board with that
2: well she's she better be
1: Yeah, see, Tracer, I thought that you would say that's probably a healthy relationship instead of putting in a lot of the hard work like Casey is, for example, right? I mean, you were the guy that said you never took Danae on a honeymoon for crying out loud. Right. Right? Okay, now, Paul, it seems to me that, you know, he's kind of setting the groundwork (laughs) and setting the table for, you know, she knows exactly what she's getting into in years to come. Hey, Valentine's Day, great, but we got a big, big time college basketball game on tonight. night. Right, but Paul's not in it for the long haul, Tom. There's a big difference. I mean,
3: this has got how many more months? Four more months before they call it quits. They've been dating for five years. If you don't put a ring on it after five years, I mean, it took me seven years to marry Denae, but finally she earned the right to marry a big league baseball player. But five years, that is not going to work, so why spend the money? And the effort, whining and dining this Lizzie girl.
2: Hmm. Instead, you know what? Just watch some basketball.
1: Tracer, um, did you watch the Super Bowl? Where were you for the Super Bowl? You know, I was at my Your place. Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, you declared months they, ago. That's your team.
3: Great game. I, I tell you what bothers me on a serious note. I don't like that every time it comes down to the referees. It, I'm st- every big play, I'm starting to look for the flag. At least in baseball, when there's a home run, it's a home run, right? You can't take it back. That was not holding. But just a couple observations, uh, the national anthem. So we now have a white national anthem, a black national anthem. What about the Latinos? when are they going to get their national anthem? And I'll tell you what, you're probably thinking, what about the Asians? Well, we'll deal with them after they stop sending these balloons over our country. Then we'll get them a national anthem.
1: <laughs> you know, it's a very, it's a legitimate point. Legitimate point, no doubt it about it. Um, but you did watch the Super Bowl and you you and, uh, you and enjoyed it.
3: I did. I had actually, it was, I was by myself while well, Tucker was with me. Danae was out doing whatever she does in Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't know how much longer that's going to last it'll be my third marriage coming up probably um thank god for well you my catch up with my show. dad <laughs> don't doubt it <laughs> he's a lot happier that third time around see every time you'll get a divorce casey you'll know this because you're you'll be on your first but the second and i'm sure the third time you get a divorce you'll be happy but i was watching the game with my little dog tucker all by ourselves had leftovers from walt's hitching post from saturday great mac and cheese all that stuff really enjoyed it the only thing that bothered me and i was very concerned and if i had tickets i probably would have not attended the game and the reason is that all women fly over uh that was like playing russian roulette i thought extremely dangerous and thank God they had the women spread out a little bit. Those fighter pilots, you know, they were all women, Tom. Did you know that? I did, I
1: did not know that. I had no idea. Yes.
3: Yes. All women fly over, which was really um, dangerous.
1: Were they all from nearby but, uh, Luke Air Force Base out there? Is I, that where I that were? from? I don't know.
3: I knew it was an, an
2: all-woman crew. I did see that, but I didn't see where they were from, no.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know that either. I mean, uh, I was just watching it on TV, but we were out uh, running around right up before kickoff. I thought that uh, Chris Stapleton did a great job on the National Anthem. I think the guys got a little... Did you get a little choked up? I did. How about about that? What were your thoughts? I'm curious of this. What were your thoughts of the uh, Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni? There were tears streaming down his face during the National Anthem. I can only imagine... And I haven't heard if he was asked about it. he had to be asked about it, right? Yeah. That, that that it's like the culmination of all these thousands and thousands of hours that you've poured into your life trying to get to this moment in time. And it's a national anthem for the Super Bowl, and you're the head coach in the Super Bowl, right? I got choked up. Yeah. I'll be honest
3: with you. I know you guys probably think I'm some hard, you know, SOB, but I actually have a big heart. And when I see the coach crying. And Tom, he's really crying. Yeah, I mean, they're streaming down. I mean, it gives me goosebumps just to talk about it. But, uh, you know, Stapleton was, was outstanding. And I, I really enjoy, I don't, the, the Cardi, the, the halftime show, it's a little too edgy for me, Tom. I don't like that stuff.
1: Yeah, You know, uh, I'm I, old
3: school. It's just, know. you know, there's kids watching. I don't think we need to be grabbing our crotch. But what, does, what does grabbing your crotch do? It's, kids are watching this. It's just stupid stuff. I mean, you disagree with me, or do the young guys? No, think I, I'm it's with really you all too-
1: the way. I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, why can't you just go out there? You're known as a musician. She, she's uh, right. obviously very, very popular. Uh, why can't you just go out there and do your thing, right? And your thing is to be an entertainer, and it doesn't mean right. you have to stand there and do those kinds of things. I'm with you all the way because there are, of any event. It's the most watched, it's the third highest television rated show in the history of television in the United States of America. And speaking of that, see, I come prepared.
3: You know, I'm okay. not, when I go on vacation, I'm still working, right? I, I go to Florida, I'm still working. I go to Mexico, I'm still working. Santa Barbara, I'm still working. And by the way, uh, two weeks from now, I'll be in Santa Barbara again. But here, here it's time for a vacation. But I'm well, it's a working vacation, <laughs> not like you French. Okay, each player... The kansas city chiefs what do you think they want as far as money what do you think they were awarded
1: well i don't think it's any, i know it's nowhere close to the baseball cut so oh. i'm guessing what a hundred and something thousand maybe that's a straight guess i have no idea Yeah,
3: hundred and fifty-seven thousand. i think okay. this is interesting because i would have thought it'd been a lot more i thought you'd double it to 300. like you said the third most watched broadcast ever something like that yeah here's here's the deal Hundred fifty-seven thousand federal tax and state, fifty-eight thousand and ninety dollars. FICA twelve thousand eleven dollars. That's Social Security and Medicare. I know those two ham and eggers over there have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, and then the jock tax. And Tom, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Certain cities yes. uh, tax. I'm maintain, very familiar.
1: I got the same right? thing when I was working. Right. right? right. Oh, so right. you
3: do. 3925. so that really only leaves you 82,975. That's not that much for the Super Bowl. Do you agree with that?
1: Well I mean especially when you consider it to I think the baseball cuts now up over what now there's double the amount of players on a I football know. team but but right. I'm saying I think if I'm not mistaken the share uh, of a player winning the World Series uh, is up over like 350 400000 now, right? I thought it was. I thought they hit four hundred thousand. They might have. They might have. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that, that amount of money. I remember, you know, and 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 teams are are really weird. They're different in this regard. Some people may know this. Some may not. But as players, you guys sit around and you decide who's going to get a full share, meaning a, if it's four hundred thousand uh, dollars, you'll sit around and say, okay, uh, the players will be in a room. And they'll say, okay, what about our media relations director? The guy who's handled everything with the media for every player on this team the whole year long. And we'll say, okay, give him a full share. All right, what about the trainer? Yep, full share, full share, full share. Okay. And then you start going through some other people uh, that are involved with, with the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach and, and all this kind of thing. And then some people get voted a half a share, a quarter share, whatever it might be. That money for, let's say, a trainer. Now, trainers are paid well, but they're not paid like players right. are paid. Um, that's life-changing money for those guys. We had a guy in Arizona who was the assistant trainer. and Back in those days, I think the share was, you know, maybe 175000 bucks, whatever it was. He was able to go out and buy his mom and his special needs no. sister a house on that money. It's a,
3: that's- it's a big deal, and those guys really are important to the ball club. Like you talked about the strength guy, the trainer. I'll tell you a story. And maybe I shouldn't tell this story, but I will anyway. And I wasn't on the team. But the story goes, when I play for the Tigers, we we're talking about when the Tigers won the World Series. And we had a lousy, lousy traveling secretary. And Tom, you know how important it is to have a really cool yeah. traveling secretary to help you out, make sure your wife has a good seat, your girlfriend has a good seat, and they don't <laughs> sit next to each other. So it's really (laughs) important there. but So they were voting shares, and Lance Parrish, you remember badass Lance Parrish, right? Lance was a very good player. So he was the uh, catcher of the Tigers. So they win the World Series. And he stood up and said, if anybody votes Brownie a full share, I'll kick your ass. In fact, if anybody gives Brownie any type of share, I'll kick your ass. That's how much that guy was disliked in Detroit. He was a
1: terrible traveling secretary. Wow. Because you're right. That 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 I mean, really at the end of the day, now the trainers they take care of you medically, the strength guys, but as far as just the day to day sort of nuts and bolts of a player being on the road, uh, the traveling secretary, I mean, is way up here. That's a big time job. Big time job. Way up there. Gary Wayhoff really has done it beautifully for the Reds forever and a day. The best. Totally on his game. Um, golly day. For that guy not to be uh, given a, a full share, he must really be disliked. Really
3: bad. Well, we were flying commercial, actually, with the well, Tigers. that's, not I his know that's fault. It, Yeah, I know. I know. But it, it just – we didn't have very good travel arrangements with the Tigers. In 1986, we finished in second place. And, Tom, had, it applies as far as teams winning the pennant, second place, third place, you vote on shares. In 1986, I played, I, well, I only had 86 at bats. I was on the Sable list for the whole year. And the players were so mad that they had to vote me a full share, kind of tongue
1: in cheek. Because
3: I didn't play. It was, you know, I was hurt all the time. And they had to give me a full share. Then we had another player in 86. Who had a really good year, and I'm not going to name names, and he was not vo- voted a full share. Half the players, half the players say vote him a half, sh- uh, a full share, and his best friends on the team says hell no, vote him three quarters share, and that guy after they voted him three quarters, he didn't get the full share. He came in that locker room and was so mad he was ready to fight, and that's a true story. Well, why would they have voted him
1: a full him. sheriff? He was a big contributor to the team.
3: I don't know. I don't know. But there were two guys that voted him no. And I thought it was really weak cuz he was a re- and you know Tom, a really good player, very good hitter.
1: Um today is a day tracer, the pitchers and catchers report for the Reds. We were at the airport yesterday. My wife uh, our son uh, and I were at the airport yesterday, and it was uh, the busiest travel day in the history of the Phoenix Municipal Airport. There were people, I mean, yep. everywhere. And um, and so uh, we're sitting there waiting to get on a plane, and all of a sudden, feel a tap on my shoulder, turn around. Nick Crawl, general manager of the Reds, yeah. right, who by all accounts most people think uh, really knows what he's doing certainly hamstrung by what he can and can't do, limitations with a salary, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, pitchers and catchers reporting today, does that have a little extra bounce in your step for you being a baseball guy? You know what, Tom, when it was pitchers and catchers, I had
3: to earn a spot on the ball club. So I did what they call a lot of eyewash to false enthusiasm. So I would show up with the pitchers and catchers, just to do a little brown nosing. You know, I would kind of help out. I don't know if you know this, but Sparky Anderson really liked apples. So every day I would bring uh, Sparky uh, a green apple, like those granny apples. But yeah, it's important to go, hey, Tom, I do have some like, and you know I'm kidding around a lot, but I do have something that we can throw out there that I think is, is really, really interesting. And it does involve the Reds. I was in Texas. And this is true. I know I make up or I stretch some stories or make some stories up, but this is true. I was in Texas, and I talked to a guy who said that the Reds were offered a billion dollars for the ball club. Okay, A billion dollars for the ball club. Uh, Forbes ranked it as one point or valued it at $1.2 billion. You start thinking about it. Would the Castellini sell for $1 billion and let me throw something out to you. Why do you get rid of Moustakis at $22 million? Why would you eat that salary? It's almost like you're getting rid of, of depreciating assets to improve the value of the club, and that's what you're doing with Mustakas. I thought that was a really strange move. It's tough, and this is not a, a hit on the Castles, because I like the Castles, but it's tough making it in a small market group. $1, million, $1 billion, but here's the catch that guy who had offered to buy it would move it to Austin, Texas.
1: Well, there is no way on God's green earth that Major League Baseball is going to ever allow the Cincinnati Reds to be moved out of Cincinnati. Now it might be right. somebody from Austin, Texas who buys a team one day if they decide to sell it, but there is no chance that the Reds will and ever be moved out of Cincinnati. And I agree,
3: but here's the point. You can move Oakland. Oakland's got to move out of there. Yeah, that, That's a pitiful ballpark. I drove yep. by it when I was going down the train. When I was on the train, a really bad place to play, bad ballpark. But what about maybe moving Oakland to Cincinnati? I mean, there's some possibility. to Talk about expansion. They're talking about, what, two, two more teams? Yep. I mean, there's some places out there. I think Vegas is a good place for ex- expansion. The people, the fans that draw the most, the teams that draw the most, in minor league baseball is Las Vegas. So I think that's a good fit. Maybe a Charlotte, a Nashville. And I never even thought about Austin because Austin is booming. But that rumor is out there. And and I would not be surprised to see them maybe move and bring in another team to Cincinnati.
1: The Reds move and another team moves into Cincinnati? I do. I don't see it happen. I don't see it happen. Well...
3: Remember, Tom, I see things that you people don't see,
1: right? Hey, by the way, I ran into some dude um, on the plane last night. Did you get a text from some guy who um, who used to be a big part of your radio show? Yeah, he's he's actually, a, yeah, Chris, is, he
3: told me he ran into you and, and you guys talked and everything. And that's what I was going to ask you about, Tom. What's it like to sit and coach? I mean, do you feel like after you sit in coach, you have to go home and take a shower? Is I'm that, very comfortable
1: by, back there, Tracy. Those are, my kind of, those are my kind of folks. I mean, I was very okay. comfortable back there in, in uh, you know, the back of the bus, so to speak, row 33, which, I mean, you oh. can't even count that high. You didn't even know there were 33 aisles on a plane.
3: No. no, and I have to ask you, when they closed that curtain, you didn't use our bathroom, did you?
1: They the the airline that I was on yesterday does not have first class.
3: Oh, well, I wouldn't fly that then. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So did they give you a warm towel, Tom, for your hands?
1: Uh, no, they did not. Uh, in fact, you, like uh, you know, it was it was an airline where even if you wanted a warm cup of coffee, you had to pay for it. <laughs> then you're pushing it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but he's a really good friend, and he says you were really nice to him. Well, you know, he
1: was saying that he used to uh, be on your show, uh, or he had some family, I think, right, that used to be on your radio show uh, and talking about um, um, Norwood, right? Didn't you used to have a a buddy of yours from Norwood that used to come on the show, work for the school district or something like that? No, that was Rod from Norwood.
3: He had the No Frills Daycare. And then at Christmas time, we would sell the Norwood spruce from his basement. That's, I mean, is that what we're talking about? I think that's that's my only buddy from Norwood.
1: Well, it didn't, I thought he said something along the lines of, uh, did he work in the school cafeteria or something like that? Well, if he said
3: so, I don't think so. I don't think you were paying attention, Tom. I was, was paying calling, attention. There was a lot
1: going on. There were a lot face. of, you know, a lot of people. He was he was telling me all kinds of stories, kind of in a hurry. Uh, he was sitting in a row in front of me. And so, you know, I got to tell you, um, Tracer, I, I almost had one of those moments. And my son was mortified. Okay. So we're on the yeah. plane going out. Okay. We're on the plane going out. And we're sitting back in whatever it was, you know, 29C. It's just Luke. 33. Whatever. <laughs> right. Okay. We're back. No, 33 was coming home. But this was going out okay, to Arizona okay. on Thursday night. Okay. And you know how there's always, like, the one guy who he never stops talking and he's so loud all the time. I mean, literally does not take a breath. Okay. So as we're getting on the plane – He's turned around talking to this guy who's directly in front of me about all these different concerts and this kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. So, fine. We get on the plane. I'm sitting like five rows behind it. Now, the plane is not full. So, I'm sitting next to my son. He's on the window. I'm in the aisle. we got an empty seat between us. Well, all of a sudden, I hear this voice again. And this guy is is basically having a conversation with somebody that's two full rows behind him. And he's so loud that everybody on the plane is looking around like, you know, well, I had finally heard enough, right? So I just, Ooh. I kind of, I, I wave up to the guy. I'm like, hey, hey, go sit next to him. Go sit next to each other. You guys can have your little yep. conversation. He's like, oh, 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 come down, down. I'm like, yeah. Like, for everyone, so right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. who does that? Who has a running conversation with somebody on a plane? You got people trying to sleep. You got people trying to work. Right. You know, whatever it might. Who does that? Or do you ever, ever well, have that co- in first class? Does that ever happen? No, we, ha- we, have, we have what we
3: have in first class. is called our quiet voice. We talk very low. We don't yell. We just, nice. We don't have, but Tom, I think that showed a lot of courage on your part to settle that guy down and shut him down. That really says a lot about you because it does take guts because one of these days, Tom, you keep doing it to the wrong guy, you'll get your ass kicked. So just know (laughs) your role, know your role, you know? (laughs) But it takes, it's very gutsy that you did that and spoke up and so he was cool the rest of the flight
1: Yeah, he was cool the rest of the way. You know, uh, Jolly Jolly, our buddy who just worked the Super Bowl out in L.A., I mean, out in Phoenix, he said, uh, headphones, uh, you know, as soon as you hit the seat. Well, the irony is, is everybody's been on me around here about watching Breaking Bad. So I'm now two full seasons in. Let's go, Tom. I downloaded five episodes for the Perfect. Okay, so I already did have AirPods in. And I I heard this guy better than I heard Brian Cranston. (laughs) Walter White. Walter White. Thank you. (laughs) Did you watch all of Breaking Bad?
3: I've seen all of Breaking Bad. Does
1: it it stay good or does it start to tail off like a lot of them?
3: I think it stays. I think it's pretty consistent. I, I think the last episode, well, I won't tell you the last episode. But, yeah, I think it's good. I liked Ozark, by the way. We were yes. going to give recommendations, and we yes. need to write some of these things down. But I, I liked Ozark. There was a whole bunch that uh, Mad Men. I liked that. I'm more of a cerebral guy. I, I know Polly and Casey. They have no idea, but I like the the ones that make you think a little bit. Yeah. But Ozark, you did finish you got
1: five seasons. Ozark's a uh, big league show, but it's over now.
3: I know. I know, but it's something you can watch.
1: And I, and I saw that where is. Peaky Blinders is going to have a movie. Oh, really? They're not having another season. They're going to have a movie.
3: Here here it is, because I'm prepared. You know, you guys just go and wing it. I prepare. I got notes. I made these notes. Here's some shows. I liked Bosch. Did you just love see Bosch.
1: Bosch? Love that show. I love I've Bosch. read all those books. One of the great authors out there. Great author. Yes. Yeah. I,
3: what about *Handsmaid*?
1: What I about know.
3: *Squid Game*? What about uh, *What about uh, Sons of Anarchy*? You like well, I watched. I, I
1: love *Sons of Anarchy*. Yes, very, very good. What
3: about *Dexter*? It got a little too crazy at the end, but I like *Dexter*. Did you see *Dexter*?
1: Though? No, I did not. But you guys know notes. these other shows he's talking about. I don't know
3: *Bosch*, but I know *Dexter*.
1: *Bosch* is great. Yeah. Yes.
3: I like *Narcos* too. So those are my recommendations. And remember, I have good taste. I fly first class.
1: All right, Tracer. Um, so uh, enjoy your night tonight. So Danae's back in town, big night over at Walt's Hitching Post. Is that right?
3: Yes, I'm going to get the, uh, the Tracy Jones bone-in rabbi at Walt's Hitching Post. I mean, to have a steak named after you, how cool is that? And I got to just tell you one other thing. I had someone come over uh, when I was just eating by myself, which shows a lot of confidence, right? Eating by yourself at a nice restaurant. Table for one. That's girl... your
1: nickname, Table for One.
3: <laughs> In fact, I have no friends either, and my wife's gone. So this girl keeps looking at me. And I'm thinking, is she checking me out? And I'm just eating, and she keeps checking me out, checking me out. And I'm like flashing my ring like, I'm a married guy. I'm 62 years old, right? What am I pulling? So finally, she starts walking over, and I'm getting all nervous. You know what she said? First thing out of her mouth, how's Tom doing? I mean, can you blame her? See? I mean, Tom, this show is exploding. Not real big fans of Casey and Paul. Thinks Casey's going to be a a horrible husband, and Polly, you know, we're not sure what's going on with him.
2: Well, nobody is, so that's fair. Nobody knows. It's a wild card
1: well tracer enjoy your night tonight uh tell dene we said happy valentine's day and happy valentine's uh to you as well tracer it's nice to have you back all right
3: all right thanks boys you guys have a have a nice week i'll be on uh, thursday we'll see you on
1: thursday Okay. Yeah. absolutely go there we go tracer. Oh, that's, tracer that's so weak that's so weak <laughs> Gosh, you'll never get a girlfriend.
3: You'll never get a wife. You're selfish. You're self-centered. Tom, straighten that kid
1: out. He's watching college basketball tonight, Tracer. I got to give it up to the guy. I, gotta I got to tell you. I got—I mean, there's a lot of pressure on guys like me and you and to a lesser extent, Casey. I mean, this guy, I, I'm yeah. pretty impressed.
3: So you got to give it up? I'll tell you one, Lizzie ain't giving it up. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. See you, boys. Tracy,
2: uh, the best brought his a game after a <laughs> week and a half absence. It's good to have him back. All right. Before we get to uh not too picky, we have a cherry on top here.
1: All right. Not too picky. What are you picking now? Women's basketball. What are you doing?
2: Absolutely. Women's basketball has been a goldmine. We had, actually, we have a, uh, we have college basketball tonight and then we're going to have uh, Indy five or not Indy 500 Daytona 500. Uh, picks and stuff on Thursday too
1: I expect a full preview tomorrow by the way tomorrow we're going to be joined by the guy who sat uh, was the director for the Super Bowl on Sunday Rich Russo has been the director of the number one team uh, on Fox NFL for 20 plus years maybe Uh, been a director even longer than that going all the way back but this guy got his career started he was a great lacrosse player at Penn State but got his uh, career started as like one of the low guys on the totem pole working for John Madden traveled all around the country for years with Madden. And so uh, we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about, you know what that job is like. You don't have to be always a guy in front of the camera. You can make an incredible living running the camera or being the director or the producer, whatever it might be. And Rich Russo is going to join us um, uh, tomorrow to talk about that.
2: That's awesome. I mean, I'm, as, as a broadcasting nerd myself, I'm uh, I'm very excited for this. I am yes. as well. Yeah.
1: In fact, Jake Jolliv- uh, uh, Jolly Jolly, uh, <laughs> who works with Rich Russo, uh, they were just in the uh, truck together. Um, and he, I'll have to ask him about something here that Jolly Jolly just told me uh, about something. Okay. Uh, with Greg Olson and Rich Russo that occurred over the weekend. Okay. All right. What do we got? Sherry on top. So we talk a lot about, you
2: know, watching college basketball oh, on boy. Valentine's Day. I love me some college basketball, but I'm not sure I do that. Pete and, and Ellen will now, now
1: exchange day. rings as a symbol of love and commitment to each other. It is the seal of the vows you have just taken to love each other without end. Now, please place the rings on each other's hands and repeat after me. <laughs> we can cut it off. Cut it off as gotta a watch
0: sign the whole of my thing, love. Right?
2: As a sign of my love, <laughs> so the Mavs game you, last night. That, that I, have I have chosen, have chosen you. you. Above all else. Above all else.
1: With this ring.
2: With this I ring.
1: Ivy Wed. Ivy Wed. By the power vested in me, and with twenty thousand MFFLs as witnesses, it's my delight to declare you husband and wife. Reed, you may kiss the bride. Reed. Reed. Look at that.
2: Love is in the air, Tom.
1: fans, please welcome Reed and Ellen Malone. Congratulations to Reed and Ellen Malone, it sounded like. Yeah. You would do that at a Xavier game.
2: Yeah, you would. Mm.
1: Paul, come on.
0: No, I would not. Yes, you would. It's cheesy. Mm -hmm. I would not. Actually, you know what he would do? He would be the one officiating it. Mm. He's perfect for the job. I've seen some
2: people talking in the chat.
1: I would say that Casey would do it in an NKU game, but he doesn't even know that NKU has a basketball (laughs) team. What?
2: They have a basketball team. (laughs) There we go, Casey. Senior day on Sunday.
1: (laughs) Reed Mouse wanted, he actually asked, uh, he asked the folks at Wrigley if he could have his at uh, Wrigley Field. He got turned down, mm. having oh. it as a venue. Paul, please, I know for sure if – and I know you could do it. You wouldn't get turned down by it. You would for sure get married at the Centa Center. Halftime of a – or pregame <laughs> of a Xavier-UC Crosstown shootout. Tell, the truth. No, Tell I, the truth. No, I would not. I would not. Now,
2: now, the, the funny thing that Lizzie has asked me before is would you – would I do a proposal at a basketball game? The answer to that is also no. But it would be funny. I'm not denying it would be funny, but I would not do that. I would not do that. There's got to be a line somewhere. PC, the I'm line not is not is, Valentine's he is Day. He's
0: watching basketball on Valentine's Day.
2: What else would you do?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you to propose
2: or get married at halftime.
1: No doubt about it.
2: Now, would I have my reception at the Centa Center? Maybe.
1: No, I think you would definitely do it. Say, yeah, I just think you're not being truthful here because you don't want to upset her on Valentine's Day because sure. maybe she doesn't want to do it. But if she gave the green light, you would be all in.
2: I'd kick it around. I'd kick it
1: around. Okay. All right. Uh, not too picky coming up, right? <laughs> yep. Right now. Uh, and, and, and I expect, Paul, a full preview tomorrow of the Muskies v. Marquette. Yeah, huge game. Tomorrow night.
2: We'll be talking about it.
1: Happy Valentine's Day to all. Thanks for being with us. Great being back with you today, Casey. Thank you. Paul, thank you. Have a great day. All of you have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.